Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and movie podcast out of Chico, California. That's Johnny Summers. I'm Max Minardi, and we do this every single week. Johnny, what's the show about? It's about movies and beer. Perfect. Can you give them some structure? What if people haven't seen John Wick? Chapter 3, Parabellum. Well, just think of Chapter (laughs) 2. If you haven't seen it, you can not listen to the third segment, because that's when it will be... Spoiled? We'll spoil some I'd say stuff. in yeah. heavy question mark tone. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not a super, if you've seen the first two chapters of John Wick, there's no real curveballs, and I, I think it's safe to say the third movie's no different, really. Uh, but for, for whatever reason, you don't want anything spoiled, but you're not going to spoil anything from the movie until the very end of the show, so you're safe to stick around until then. We'll give you another heads up before we get there. Yeah, that's pretty much it, man. You can find us on all the social medias, Facebooks, Instagrams, Twitters, at Fresh Hop Cinema, Letterboxd and Untapped for beer and movie reviews, yep. both from myself and Young Maxwell. Most importantly, you can find us at FreshHopCinema.com. It's our online home yeah. for all the reviews, and we post all kinds of fun stuff on there, and also Patreon. Sure. Patreon makes these wheels go round, son. Yes, indeed. We got a new patron this month, too. We shouted them out already. They don't deserve two. That's, That's fine. crazy talk. All right. They don't get named this time. They <laughs> just you get know mentioned. you you are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's a fair compromise. Yeah, the, the numbers are growing. If you want to come to our parties, you should join. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll save some for a Patreon shout-out later. I have some some news, potentially. Ooh. But I'll save well, What I'm, is it? I'll make a note. No, I want to know now. Nope, it's going to make people There's stick news. around to the end of the show. Oh, my God. Well, I, I was going to leave, so I guess <laughs> I'm going to stick around now. So I got, always got to tease you just with something to keep you here. Exactly. Um, we are going to dive into our first beer here in just a moment, but before we do, I want to shout out uh, John Wallen, a frequent friend of the show, listener, uh, and beer fella in general, gets, some, gets his hands on some really fun beers. And this is one. He, he gave us um, a smattering of beers to do on the show, and I chose this one today. And it's from a brewery that we've done in the past. It's called Toppling Goliath. They are from Iowa, right here in the United States. And this is a... Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say right here in California. <laughs> right, Iowa, right here in California. Um so this is a uh, it's a dry hopped version of their pseudo Sioux pale ale, which we've done, which we've done. So I thought this would be a really cool uh, way to like kind of compare and contrast the other one. Yeah. Um, as I'm saying this now, I noticed I have made a mistake. Yeah, you did. I grabbed the wrong bottle out of the fridge. Oh, really? Yes. He gave us a couple of the dry hop varietals, and I accidentally grabbed the Galaxy one instead of the Mosaic. Well, nobody knows that because they can't read our notes. I was just going to let you know. I was planning on doing the Mosaic, and everything in the description is Mosaic. Oh. So we could take we could do this one of two ways, man. We could uh, turn this Galaxy dry hop into our sipping beer and grab the Mosaic out of the cellar, or we could just do this one instead. Let's what? just do this one. Okay, that sounds great. In that case, this is the Galaxy dry hop pseudo Sue. Pale Ale from Top Lane Goliath. The labels are pretty much the same on both They're, of them. It's, it's yeah, impossible There's like one word different, and it's like in small print. Yeah. Um, just want to double check the ABV then on this, if I can find it on the bottle. Um, let's see, little friend, where are you hiding? This is the reward for our preparedness. I don't actually see it on the bottle. I thought I saw it on there somewhere. Maybe you can find it, because I don't think it, unless it's sideways. Oh, like, oh. Do you see it? No. I can't tilt it, because it's open. I don't think it's on here. I don't know. Let's drink it and guess. Okay, that sounds good. Let me pour you some. But you've had, obviously, Sudo Sue. Yeah. You've had others from Toppling Goliath at this point or no? I think so, yeah. I've had a bunch of different versions of Pseudo Sue. Okay. Uh, just from people that I know that trade for it and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've had King Sue, which is their double. Like, double. Yeah. 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 So a few different ones. And I'm sure there's more that I've had from them that I can't remember. 
Yeah. That's why untapped is helpful. Sure. If you drink a lot of beers, it helps you remember them. Yeah, this does not. It have, just doesn't, right? Which is weird. It should. It's right. probably in like dark print up on the bottle. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a bomber, 22-ounce bottle here. Um, I'm finding on the internet that it's 6.2%, so we're going right. to go with that for lack of a better source of information. That would make sense, the dry hop version being kind of uh, across the board, 6.2, just a yeah, different sure. hop edition. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I was going to say the one that we had, John also gave us this one. This is the King Sioux that we've had, uh, mm-hmm. that you've said before, but we're also having it today. It is their double IPA, and we're drinking it out of a 16-ounce can, poured into our little tulip glasses. Um, so I'm going to actually finish off the like ounce I have left, but would you talk about maybe how this beer looks back to the galaxy dry hopped pseudo soup? It looks like orange Julius, hundred percent, very hazy, very light, dusty orange, like a, like a thin tangerine. That's what I would say. Yeah. Is there's also like a, I mean, it's really, really, really hazy, kind of like a creamy sort of mm-hmm. quality looking at it. Yeah. Pretty, that is super yeah. hoppy. Is it? Yeah. Um, we've done galaxy hop stuff before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my memory says like earthy and uh, robust and round and sort of a, a thicker type hop presence mm-hmm. rather than like a biting sort of quality. Does that line up with what you're tasting? Yeah, it's a little bitey, but definitely heavy on the earth. Super, super earthy. I like this one a lot. Galaxy hops are so unique. They really just yeah. punch through everything. Yeah, because I get definitely earthiness, but also like a really light sort of, um, I, don't, I don't know, I guess that makes sense for a paleo. I was expecting something heavy and um, not hard to drink, but but weighty for sure. And yeah. This doesn't have it. This is really nice. No, that is good. I like it. There's a nice bitterness right on like the middle back of your tongue that kind of hits halfway through and then lingers a little bit. Yeah. So it has like a nice bitter finish, which makes it seem not not super like unfiltered or hazy. New Englandy definitely get the, yeah. the double dry hopping adds a ton of bitterness, which is nice. Yeah, especially kind of on the back end there. Like after you've let it sit for a second, you get a lot of the hot bitterness kind of in the back of your mouth, sort of indicative of like a really classic paleo yeah which i think is really enjoyable here i like that i like the spear a lot and one cannot uh dissuade cool bottle art sure uh yeah sure that's my number one rule for picking wine because we don't know anything about wine i mean we know a little i assume yeah i know a little i know i like zinfandels sure i know roughly how much money i want to (laughs) spend yeah so what i do (laughs) is i go to the zinfandel section pick the coolest label that's i mean you know and then if something's terrible which is probably not the case very often because I feel like with our unrefined wine palettes, it's like, yeah, this is wine. Yeah, even like, honestly, even I've had like boxed wine, not sure. like the fancy yeah, boxed sure. wine, which is a thing now. <laughs> is it? Yeah. They oh, make it is. fancy yeah. boxed wine. Mm-hmm. You can get it at Trader Joe's, Rayleigh's. Like it's as much or more than a bottle of wine, but yeah, I'm talking like the, the gal, like not Gallo, but like, the, uh, like Carlo Rossi. Yeah. Like what oh, that's ones? a jug. Yeah. I've had the jug sure. and it's fine. You know, it's drinkable. Yeah, but I I think maybe my palate distinction would be like, I can taste the difference between that and like a a $15, $20 bottle of wine. Yeah, that's like going from Mad Dog 2020 to... It's like going from Miller High Life to this. Exactly. Um, Not that anyone at this table has done that. Sure. (laughs) It's not exactly the same, I guess, because they're different. Well, I guess the analogy for beer would be like, styles are equivalent to varietals. Kind of, yeah. So like the Zinfandel might be, I don't want to like crap on a particular style of wine that I'm about to compare to Miller High Life, but like Zinfandel could be Miller High Life. And then, uh, you know, like a nice Sauvignon Blanc could be, actually that should be the Miller High Life because it's clearer. And then a red wine could be like this. Yeah. I don't know. Like a white Zinfandel. Sure. That's a nice pink. Yeah. Yeah. That you drink on ice. Right. (laughs) All that to say, um, actually, I don't know why, why did we talk about that? Cool labels. Cool labels. Of course. I've never gotten a bad wine if I pick a cool label. Okay. That's, 
Yeah. I'm batting a thousand. I'm not saying it's going to work mm-hmm. for you, but the ones that I've picked up because they were cool worked out. Yeah, I think that's fair. I do I do something similar, um, but I also try to look at like wine reviews and be like, what's decent and what's not, just so I can like try to understand what I'm tasting when you're, I drink wine. You're a review guy, though. Yeah, I mean, I trust people's palates that are smarter than me, just like I trust people's opinions who are better film critics than I am. Sure. Like, uh, the only difference is like movies are so subjective, and I guess to an extent, like wine probably is too, and food, but like. If you're like, this was made with bad grapes and they're rotten, it's like, nobody's going to be like, they're delicious. Mm-hmm. Like rotten food is not, no critics be like, this is delicious. Yeah. Except cheese, which is effectively mold. Mm-hmm. People so, like some wonky cheese. They do. I like this beer a lot more than wonky cheese. Yeah, I do too. This is a solid <laughs> beer. And uh, kudos to you. Way to bring it back. Uh, okay, so Galaxy Dry Hop Pseudo Soup Pale Ale, 6.2%, near as we can tell. Johnny Summers, out of 10, what would you give it? It's a solid beer. I really like the double dry hopping. I love pseudo soup. Wait, is it double dry hopped? I think you just made that up. Galaxy dry hop. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun to say double dry hop. It's way fun. The double hop pale ale showcase is what it says on the notes, and I'm assuming if they double hop dry hopped it with mosaic. I think it's the dry part that you're adding. Double hop pale ale is, I think, referring to, in the, in the case of the mosaic that we're not drinking, but the description that I got it was a citra and mosaic, mm. so I think that's what the double hop is referring to. All right, so this is just one hop. Just just hopped once. It's a one hopper. Yeah, but it's still good. It's it really good. adds a cool layer if you have a familiarity with pseudo sue that you can base it on. Yeah, uh, having that as a reference point, this beer is much enhanced. It's like the uh, what do you call it? Evolved when like you evolve a Pokemon. I've been playing Pokemon Go again. So oh yeah, that's a thing. Back on that wagon. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, this is like the the evolved. This is the Charizard. Sure. Yeah, I'm using the dinosaur as a reference. Yeah, here, no, I get so. it. Yeah, it's good. It makes sense in my head. I like it. It's it's a much better version of that beer. This is an 8, 9, 8.9. 8.9. That's, yep. that's, a, that's a great beer, yeah. I would say. This is a tremendous beer. Yeah. This is top tier pale ale in, available in the United States right now. Wow. High praise. Okay. I'm, I'm in a similar camp. I don't know that I'm going to go quite as high. I'm going to give it a flat 8, which is still good. Um, it's very tasty. I, I would like a little bit more of, um, I guess maybe distinct flavors coming through. Like there's a sense of sort of, um, I don't want to say genericness cause that's not quite accurate and it feels a little bit reductive for the well-balancedness of this beer. Um, but I wish something stuck out a little bit more. That's going to keep it from getting into like the, the eight and a half, nine category for me. That's not fair. The whole point of this beer is for the galaxy hop to stick out and nothing else. That's true. Um, and maybe I just want more of that because I do mm. get some of it, but it's not quite as aggressive as I would hope I for like a you, label with a dinosaur screaming at me. I feel on. like you just slammed a double IPA and then tried to sip a pale ale and you're like, it's not as robust as I want. You might be onto something there, but well, all right. I mean, that's that's true. Let me let me taste it one more time with that in mind because that might that might change my opinion just a little bit. Get some water. Get to rinse it. Because yeah, we kind of did go from a giant beer down to a pale ale. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, no, okay. So there is there is a lot of the galaxy there. Um, I if maybe I just don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip now. Like maybe the galaxy is too much now that I'm tasting. It, it's like it's. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm too persuasive. Damn it. I know. Um, no, it's good. It's it's still not above an eight for me. There's there's I don't love it necessarily. Um, and whether it's from a lack of specific flavor or too much uh, of just everything, I'm, I'm gonna stick with an eight. That's what feels right to me. And I realize this is the dumbest, <laughs> the dumbest reasoning I've ever had. But so this either tastes too much, I know, or not enough. Uh, let me see if I can save this somehow. <laughs> um, Do you want to come back to it? Because we still have half a bomber to drink. Well, that's true. 
Um, or you can just let this into the universe as the uh, the wishy slash washy. Yeah, no, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'd like to revisit it. Thank you for giving me another chance. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll have another opinion by the time I drink uh, one more round. All right, we're going to talk about this after Flick Picks. Yeah, you want to go first here? Me too. I will go first. Love it. I just watched. Not an old movie. Sorry to disappoint you. I've been going through the AFI's top 100. Didn't get a chance to, to do any of those this week, but I did knock a movie off of my list because I went to see, I forget what, something last week, whatever mm. we did last week. The Long Shot, maybe? Just, yeah, Long uh, Shot. I, I think that's what it was. Um, and you did, I, um, last week was um, Midnight Cowboy for you. Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, not Flick Pick. Oh. I saw a trailer oh. that made me want to watch this because it was the longest trailer that I'd seen in a theater for The Joker. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this was Joaquin Phoenix's kind of lead-up serious role to that. Like, this is pretty much, I think, has he done another, like, serious he movie? Was, he was in a movie last year um, called, he won't get, uh, I think it's called, he won't get far on foot, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Yeah, where he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, and that wasn't a huge, like, that wasn't necessarily just about <clears throat> his character. I didn't see it, but I think there was sort of a larger cast. It looked um, like a, what do they call that? Like a... Not an entourage, like a, a big cast. Oh yeah, sure. Like a not a montage, a uh, collage. I no, I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's a, a word for that, but um, ensemble it, cast. Sure, okay, sure. That's there what I was go. going for. Um, and I don't really know the vibe of that movie. I think some of it was like, like maybe it was like a like a dramedy kind of thing, but I, I super don't know. So maybe, but he was he's been in a lot of stuff, kind of on the rise. Yeah, uh, in terms of seriousness and and at least acting uh, demands. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And this movie was very, very demanding in his acting. Uh, for people that don't have any idea what it's about, can you give can you give him a brief thing without blowing it? Yeah. So essentially he plays a veteran that has some pretty serious PTSD, almost psychosis issues. And he is in the business of locating and retrieving kidnapped girls. Awesome. So, yeah. Think um, Man on Fire with Denzel Washington meets like... I don't know, something a lot more dark and sinister. Or like like The Equalizer. Wait, what's the one that he's been in? The Equalizer. Is that the movie? Yeah, but that was even just too comic booky. I yeah, okay. I would say like like Man on Fire with like the seriousness of like a Reservoir Dogs. It's like just a dark, dark grittiness. Yeah, I was going to say gritty. Really gritty, really yeah. heavy, intense crime drama uh, with some really serious subject matter. And they don't pull any punches. It was a very, very heavy movie, but it was really well acted. The writing was great. There's a, a young actress in it that really shines. Uh, overall, it was a fantastic movie. I was stoked I watched it, and it really made me super hyped to go see The Joker this yeah, October. Yeah, it's October. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, seeing him flex, especially like the, the implications of like a like a PTSD war veteran that is sort of going vigilante. Yeah. Uh, not a crazy leap to think that person could also portray the Joker. Right. Like that kind of makes exactly. sense. Exactly. It's in that same mindset almost. But yeah, he's a serious method actor. And yeah. This movie and then like, you know, what was it? Her? Where oh, he had yeah. the little phone. Yeah. yeah. Her was really good. It was really good. So this was this was surprisingly good. And it was amazing watching him play someone so deeply damaged and yeah. convincingly. Because this person was, this character was so layered, very multifaceted. He had you know, elements of empathy and grace and and love as right. well as just a lot of really crazy demons inside of him. So sure. I would highly recommend watching it. You go rent it at your local video store or check it out on Amazon Prime. I think it that's is right, yeah. free with their streaming. I yeah. just watched it on the app yeah. on my TV. So that's really cool that you can just jump on there and watch this. 
I would definitely recommend it, but not if you're looking for a a, a chuckler. Sure. I was going to ask too. Is it is it a movie that is um, pretty accessible to like the the average movie watcher? Or would you say it's more of like an art house kind of film and um, a little bit more niche? It walks that line in its style. Mm-hmm. It's got a very stylized view. You know the the cinematography. A lot of the there was a lot of really cool scenes in it. But I think overall, you could just sit down with like your uncle and watch this yeah. movie. I wouldn't say it. It's very stylized and you have to be an art okay. film nerd to yeah. watch it. No, it, it is. It's just like a souped up on dark steroids version right. of man on fire. Okay. So yeah. Um, was this put out by a 24 or am I making that up? I feel like it was, but I can't say for 100% certain. Um, because I thought I saw something about that because it was on my list for a long time. Um, and I started it once on Amazon prime um, and it's really hard to type sentences while I'm speaking, I guess. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so uh, maybe it's, it was put out by Amazon. Oh, Is wow. that right? It's an Amazon original. Okay. Yeah, Amazon studios. Okay. Um, I don't remember. Do you know if this was ever playing at the pageant last year? It might've been. Cause I can't remember. I knew I heard a lot of buzz about it at one point and I thought there was something about seeing it locally, but I might just be making that up. It's hard to say. I don't yeah. really remember specifically. That's a good chance. I know they've played some Amazon Prime originals there yeah, before. Sure. Yeah, that sure. one with Ben Stiller uh, oh. about his son. Oh, his son was in college. Not beautiful boy. Yeah, that's not Ben Stiller. Do you, no. mean, do you mean Ben Stiller? No. Yeah. Why was I thinking? Steve Who was the Carell? It was Steve Carell. Was the Tim was, Chalamet movie? No, Ben Stiller. I think it's called like Charlie's Status or something oh, like that. Oh. oh uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's where they go on like the college coming of age trip. To yeah, father son comedy. That. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't but either. I'm pretty sure they played it at the pageant. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, okay. So again, that was you were never really here. Check it out on Amazon Prime or rent it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of the pageant, my flick pick this week is one that I have been very excited about for uh, probably like six months. Uh, like whenever I found out it was going to be at the pageant, uh, it's called High Life, and it is by a French director named Claire Denis. And it stars Robert Pattinson and other people that I might talk about, depending on how deep we go onto this. But it's a it's a sci-fi movie, basically. It's a sci-fi movie for sure. Let's say it's a sci-fi movie for now only. That's what I will say. All right. Um, and and the premise is these uh, convicted felons, instead of serving a life sentence on Earth, uh, are sent up into space to explore the farthest reaches of the galaxy and, and find a black hole and do research. Basically. Well, that's pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, but they, like, it, it's hard to talk about this movie as like a space movie. It's like the least spacey space movie that I've seen in a while. Okay. Um, there's only a little bit of time you actually see people. Like there's very little space effects, right? It's like mostly on this spaceship, which by the way, looks like a floating garbage can. Cool. This whole movie is like laced with, with metaphors for essentially what I would kind of compared to like the human experience. Like we're all floating on this garbage rock towards literally nothingness. Um, and, and the interesting, well, among other interesting things, one of the main things in this movie is the nonlinear storytelling. It starts with, with Monty as Robert Pattinson's character's name. And he's got his daughter in space and it's just the two of them. And they're in this like rundown old spaceship. We haven't even seen the outside really um, from far away. Um, and, and he's out like fixing something and you just see him like twisting a, like a socket wrench kind of thing. And you hear his baby start crying from inside. They're communicating. And it's like this piercing, just horrible. Like I almost thought the speakers were going to explode at the pageant. Um, anyways. And that's sort of sets the stage for what this movie explores, which is like isolationism and, um, human interaction. There's, there's a crazy amount of like sexual stuff here because originally there was a doctor on board who was trying to, um, 
cultivate life in space, like have a woman give birth in space and have it be okay. Um, and it's super tricky, never yeah. does. Um, but I just want to say, I think this movie is really worthwhile. I think I'm so glad I saw it. I'm glad I looked for it for like six months and it paid off, but it's definitely in the art house realm. Yeah. Not for everybody. <laughs> it's sexually weird. There's a ton of, uh, sexual violence and non-sexual violence, uh, which I don't, I guess I just say violence. <laughs> um, but there's some weird stuff, really great performances across the board. Um, and I think anytime you're like a Robert Pattinson that got his start in like twilight, um, you don't necessarily get taken seriously all the time. I think he's been doing a lot of really cool stuff from this to, uh, that other movie he did last year or the year before uh, good time, which mm. I think if I'm not mistaken, was also a 24. Hmm. Um, but he's just doing great stuff. And I think tying it back into superheroes, he is supposed to be, uh, something. And what, Batman. Is he going to be Batman? Yep. What a perfect tie in that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, there's no way it's that, right? Yep. Um, yeah. He is slated to be the next yeah. Batman. I just think he's killing it. I know a lot of people are like, it's Robert Pattinson. He's just a glittery little boy. We'll watch his movies, people, because he's he's doing stuff. I think he's fantastic in this. Um, what's the gal's name from, uh, from A Cure for Wellness and Suspiria? Mia Goth is her name. Mm. She's in this too. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's Andre Benjamin, who you might know as Andre 3000, what, what? is in this. Uh, Juliette Binoche is in it. It's a really interesting approach. I think it's Claire Denis' first English language film. Hmm. So have you seen? Sorry, have you seen any of her other stuff? No. Okay. But now I really want to. Um, and people have made comparisons between this and other Tarkov, Tarkovsky films. Um, Stalker is one that comes to mind, and I haven't seen his stuff either. I can't find it anywhere. Hmm. So I've got some work cut off for me. But I think High Life is a really interesting movie. It's new. If you have a chance to see it, do it. All right. Would be my recommendation. I'll do it with you, and we'll drink some Miller High Life. That would be great. That sounds so... Or White Claw. It's the Champagne of beers. Uh-huh. See, that ties it back to French. Nice. Right? We're just... They're full circling oh, all day. man. This is a very circular podcast today. Okay. I'm going to make a statement now. Oh, God. This is a concrete statement. I'm not being wishy-washy. Here it is. This beer is good. Okay. Back to the Galaxy Suda Suit. All right. It is juicy. It's carbonated. It's got a nice mouthfeel. It is very earthy. The galaxy is aggressive, and I don't love it. Okay. I'm actually going to change my rating, and I'm going to go from an 8 to a 7.5. Oh, wow. I'm going down. All right. Uh, as I'm drinking it more, it's less enjoyable, but it's still pretty good. That's where I'm at. It's because your mouth is weak. Maybe. It's been weakened by the White Claw. Dude, White Claw's so good. I got to try one. I've never you had never had one. a White Claw? No, man. We'll do that on a break. I'll get you one. The cool... Th- well, doesn't matter. I'll say on a break. <laughs> Come on. Tell me what the cool thing about White Claw is. Well, the is. cool thing about White Claw... Embarrass is, yourself is, on record. No, these are great because they're, they're... If you don't know what a White Claw is, it's alcoholic seltzer water, basically. Think La Croix with alcohol. That's La Croix. Sure. For all you uneducated you layman. people. And it's... it's. Gianna said this to me last night. I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. It's water-based. Like, And I know beer is too, but like... It's basically sparkling water with some alcohol. So you're like kind of hydrating while you drink it. And mm. when she said that, I was like, no, no way. And I may or may not have drank like eight to 10 of them last night. And I woke up feeling amazing. What ABV percentage? They're right? 5%. Hmm. So like not crazy low. Mm. Pretty solid. I'll try one. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we start talking about John Wick? Nope. Let's take a break and get into John Wick. Chapter three, Parabellum. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, and even dogs if you keep them on the patio, do I have news for you. The Handlebar, located in Chico, California, right next to Best Buy, behind Winco, or in front of it, depending on where you're standing, now has full liquor 
And they still have a great happy hour. That's great. So if you're into that, go check them out. As always, they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. Dollar off all draft beers and half off bottles of wine. Once again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. Jonathan, what have you done? To dream the impossible dream. There's no escape for you. The high table wants your life. To right the unrightable wrong. Tell me what you want. Passage. I can't help you. To reach the unreachable star. Do you expect him to make it out? A $14 million bounty on his head. And everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Dark, five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. And away we go. Nothing's ever just a conversation with you, John. That was the trailer for John Wick, the third installment. I'm sorry, I should do that. It's justice. That was the trailer for John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, the third installment in a franchise of a series of movies where every plot is exactly the same. Why are you saying it like that's just how this. you know that's how it came out. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, this one and the last one, and probably the first one, though I didn't look, uh, were directed by Chad Stahelski. Stahelski, I hope I'm saying that right. What the Stelski? Um, and this stars Keanu Reeves. He plays John Wick. He uh, is a super assassin. He's like the legendariest of the legendary assassins. They call him the Boogeyman because that's how good he is, I guess. Um, this is a synopsis. Okay. Super assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassins Guild. And with a $14 million price tag on his head, he's the target of hitmen and women everywhere. Equal opportunity. Fair. Which actually, there were not a whole lot of women hitmen. There were in more in the second one. There were a lot in the second one. I don't think, were there any in this one? Uh, there was uh, a couple, but they died really quick. I don't even remember them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was. there's like one, two girls. Okay, there, there's enough women in this movie, I guess. Kind of. There's two. Right? Halle Berry and, uh, let me go through the cast. Ian McShane is also in this. He plays Winston. He's the manager of the of the Continental Hotel, which is like the assassin headquarters in New York City. Um, Halle Berry is in this. She's like an assassin that lives in Casablanca, and she has dogs that are also assassin dogs. Yeah. She plays Sophia. 
And then we have Mark Dacascos. He plays Zero. He is essentially Asian John Wick. Yeah. Hope that's okay. Sushi chef John Wick. Yeah. So I guess this is a day job. Yeah. I don't, I don't really get how that works, by the way. Well, you can't just kill people all day. You can't? You have to make sushi. You have to eat. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, the whole thing of this universe is that there's all these assassins all around you all the time, but they're doing, like, they're, like, homeless or they're sushi chefs or they can be anything. I guess that's the idea. That's important for being undetectable. And then when they want enough money to kill somebody, they'll be like, all right, no more fish today. I'm going hunting. We'll put down the sushi knife. Yeah. That was so funny, by the way. Uh, He did have that, like, like, Asian accent at first. And then totally disappeared. Which I think was funny. I think it's funny when like an Asian guy does it because yeah. it's such a stereotype yeah. of, he laid of it the on. Asian accent. Yeah. Um, okay. Asia Kate Dillon plays the adjudicator, which is like a person from the high table. I don't know how much we want to get into this mythology, but we can. I'm just going to tell you what. I loved her sass. She was. She freaked me out. I was about her. Do you remember Terminator 2? Yes. I think it was Terminator 2. Whichever one the dude, the like the clean cut guy from the future comes. With and the, like, the T2000. Yeah. Liquid guy. Was that two? That was two. Judgment She day. reminds me of that guy. It was the T2000. I'll yeah. never forget that. Yeah. She reminded me of that. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, just like, hello, I am from the high table. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen, good I, day. I liked her. I liked her. Me lot. too. Yeah. I, I liked her character. She didn't do a whole lot. No. She was very to the point. Yeah. Very unintimidated. I yeah. dug that. Yeah. Um, Lance Reddick plays the concierge. He's been in all the movies. He's the dude, if you don't know what a concierge is, sits at the front of the Continental and is like, welcome to the Continental. Hope you enjoy your stay. Don't break the rules. Otherwise, there's going to be hell to pay. That rhymed. I will take my points in whatever. In White Claws. There you go. Uh, lastly, Lawrence Fishburne plays the Bowery King. Lawrence Fishburne tying in with Keanu Reeves, a la The Matrix, which I watched last night in pre- preparation for this movie. Boom. And the it Pigeon was, Master. It was fine. And the Pigeon Master, which yeah. is the lamest title. So were you going to complain about there not being enough women in this movie? Because if you were... Yeah, I don't know. Halle Berry's Black counts as two. Fair enough. Although, the, I think this movie actually does a really good job representing multiple races. I think that's very nice. So props to you, John Wick, Chapter 3 Parabellum, because you do some things well. I read an interesting article about how the director was influenced by Suicide Girls. And they actually What's, used a lot of Suicide that? Girls. Uh, it's an alternative modeling company. Oh, cool. And I they think. used a bunch of Suicide Girls uh, as the like receptionists and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, pretty- yeah, that's a great that's a great example yeah. of like marginalized people. Because they're not only are they like women, not like women, they are women. Um, but also sort of people <laughs> you would you would see on the street and like your grandma would be like, look at her tattoos and piercings and her her black fingernails. Basically chicks that I look like I dated exactly. in my twenties. Yeah. Or like with the snake bites. I haven't even said snake bites since I was 17. Right. But those right here yeah. on your lip. Mm-hmm. Those those kinds of people. Those degenerate bastards. Uh, Johnny, since we have it in front of us. Uh, well, actually, let's save it. That's a nice little nugget. I just want to talk about the budget real fast. What are we nuggeting? That's we're not we're the nuggeting one. the synopsis of John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, but you have to read them back to back for okay. it to get really impactful. Okay, fine. Can I read this one one more time? Okay, so this is the synopsis for John Wick Chapter from 3. From the internet. From this the internet. just the internet one. Okay. okay. Wait, like the IMDb one? Yeah, okay. I think this one was IMDb. So these are both the quote-unquote official. Sure. All right, so he's going to read for three, and then I'm going to read for the last film. Super assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassin's Guild, and with a $14 million price tag on his head, he is the target of hitmen and women everywhere. Johnny, John Wick Chapter 2. Retired super assassin John Wick plans to resume a quiet civilian life. 
are cut short when an Italian gangster shows up, compelling him to repay for past favors. After returning to the criminal underworld, John Wick discovers that a large bounty has been put on his life. It is virtually indistinguishable yep. from the other plot. Mm, same movie. Uh, regardless of, of the similarities here, I think the numbers are going to show that People do not come to this for the plot points. This came out on May 17th. We are recording on May 20th. And as of yesterday, the 19th, it's made $56.8 million in the United States alone. Um, and for a rated R two hour and 10 minute running action movie, I think that says a lot about what people care about when it comes to a movie like this. It did. I was very concerned uh, when I was looking into buying a ticket for this as the running time. So long. I was like, oh my God, that's yeah. like 40 minutes longer than I think this movie should be. Sure. But... There's so many things that this movie does right. Yeah, so I want to get your take. What do you? What did you like? I really liked this movie because it is what you think it is, uh, but it is the most clean and well done and pretty to look at version of that thing that you think it is available. I mean, you have a brilliant color scheme, like some of the shots with the purples and the reds and the greens that were almost psychedelic. Uh, I really love the cinematography. Every fight scene is well lit, and they hold the damn camera still. That is unbelievably important for movies like this. So many action movies screw up, and bounce the camera all over the place so you can't see what's happening. So I loved this movie for all the things that it should be doing right. It's nailing. Don't see this movie for the plot, the drama, any deep relationships or... A lot of dialogue. I think Keanu Reeves maybe says a paragraph worth of things in this whole movie. Yeah, and that's, maybe. That's fine because that's what you need him to do. You want John Wick to be John Wick. You don't want him to have a compelling story arc with like a love interest. It's it's not what these movies are. Well, I mean, he's got a love interest kind of. Kind of. From the first movie. Yeah, a little. But like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's not like a... Let's sit down and have dinner and talk about our right. our feelings. It's right. Like, it's, a, it's a drive. It's like a plot driving force yeah and well and this movie comes on like a freight train it, there it is not pulling any punches or wasting any time and it doesn't really slow down it has brief maybe lulls i wouldn't even yeah. say lulls they're things that you need to progress the plot but there's oh, scenes where he's walking instead of running exactly. <laughs> that's a perfect analogy barely. for that exactly but either way this movie is pretty much the epitome of everything that shoot em up action adventure should be and i loved it because that's what i wanted this is like if hellboy took half of what john wick is it would have been an 80 percent better movie oh yeah so i mean they're really setting the bar they're they're for current era of film these are the best american-made action adventure like no, take adventure out of that like action shoot em yeah. up you know what i'm saying like yeah. the, just the shoot em up action yeah. yeah it's it's amazing we talk a lot on the show about movies knowing what they are. And this is a great example. When you said totally. this on the break, like it knew exactly what it wanted to be. And since it's the third installment, we all knew what it was going to be. Yeah. And you go to this movie because you want to see uh, Keanu Reeves doing his own stunts. You want to see long shots. You want to see steady cameras. Yep. You just want to see this crazy world of assassins where they're like gentlemen assassins because they have rules except for John Wick, uh, who doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to go into the danger zone and kind of talk about um, some of the um, – like, cause a lot of this movie takes place in New York, but there's a couple spots where we leave New York and go sort of on these different tangents. And I want to talk about later how those things worked for you. Cause there's one in particular with a lot of sand that I thought was kind of 
uh, week. A little contrived of, and a little forced. Yeah. But ultimately, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. The action here is great. Um, I haven't seen the other two movies, chapter one and two, since they came out. Have you? I've watched both of them once or twice more. Okay. So, yeah. Was this one more bloody? No. Because there's a point. Maybe, mm, I don't know. I don't remember maybe. somebody like getting stabbed through the eye with us watching it like really slowly. There was some like slow motion stuff like that. Yeah. There was a couple scenes like that where the knife is going in really yeah, slowly. Was, I don't remember that in any of the other ones, but this one was like, wow, all right, okay. And there was a scene where um, for some reason that we won't spoil until the danger zone sure. because apparently it's a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, they have to switch to shotguns. And oh, that yeah. is like, that's a whole different ballgame. Like in terms you're, of... Violence. Yeah, sure. Your half of a head and or a whole yeah. head is just going poof. Yeah, bullet holes to splatter, splattered. Uh, yeah, just know. a fine mist. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was uh, tremendous. The level of violence was ultra. Yeah, that's the thing you got to say here in this movie. Like, this is not your casual shooting up. Like, this is this is a hyper violent movie, ultra violent movie. Um, and I think they were like, oh, I don't know. So again, we saw this just out. I saw it today, uh, Monday after opening weekend. So not a ton of people in my screening, but like enough, there are probably like 20 of us. Um, and you could hear the mixed reactions. Like, I think I was sitting next to an older ish couple and like, they were, they were just mortified when these, and then other people that knew what this movie was were like laughing. Yeah. And it's such an interesting way to look at the tone of a movie. Cause I don't think it took the violence too seriously. Um, no. Even when John Wick gets like minor injuries, where nobody's like, oh no, is he going to die? He's not going to die. It's all very comic booky. Yeah. You know, it's like a video game. It's basically mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves in Grand Theft Auto, the movie. Yeah. You much. know, it's those old people that were like shocked didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah. The people like us, we yeah. went into this knowing what these movies are, knowing what this one would be, and simply just wanting more of that. Yeah. Which is fine. I'll yeah. go see number four if there is one. Totally. There has to be that Spoiler whole setup at the end. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think this is this is worth your time if this is the kind of movie you want to see. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I got my little pretzel bites with nacho cheese, which mm-hmm. I rarely do. Ooh. Uh, and I also got red vines. And I got a large Sprite. Oof. And I just went for it. And I sat in the back in the XD theater. I like it. I just ate up all two hours and ten minutes of this. Yep. It was perfect. I sat there with the popcorn and yeah. just put my feet up and had myself a blast. It, it was a yeah. fun time, man. It's a fun movie. If you think you'll like this movie, you'll love this movie. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, so out of 10, my friend. This movie is a 9.3. Oh, my gosh. Okay. There is not its equal within the last five years for shoot 'em up violent action movies like this. Mm-hmm. There's simply not. The Equalizer comes close. Ugh, I hate that movie. Yeah. Wasn't good movie. But as There's far not, yeah, you know, just being an overall good movie that knows what it is and does it well, shoots it beautifully, stylized violence. I mean, it's like a work of art. Like a really weird teenage metalheads poster work of art, but I loved it. I mean, if you love these movies, you know why. And uh, I think this movie is, it's it's the bar that is set for this style of movie. So I have to rate it super high. It is not a ten because there were not enough car chases. In two there were motorcycle chases. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. In two. Uh, I believe it started out with an amazing car chase with like a muscle car and like a couple SUVs. Oh, you're saying chapter two. Chapter two. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, the second film. I thought you said and two, like no. your second point. Yeah, okay. in, in in chapter two, there was, I believe it started with it. I just remember being like, I love muscle cars. So if they could have worked a muscle car chase into this, it would have probably been a 10. For wow, me. okay. Yeah. I was going to say, um, to challenge your in the last five years statement, I was going to say Atomic Blonde, but- 
well, I do think that was a good movie. And I think some of like the, like the neon light color scheme stuff and the action was really good in atomic blonde. And was that 17? I think 17 or 18. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, where this movie tends to be a lot better than these other ones is like the long action scenes. Yeah. Like you have a camera that's sticking there and you have choreo- choreographed fight scenes yep. that take a lot of work and, and you feel like all of, all of the work going into it. So when you see there's like really long takes in this. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think maybe less than the previous ones, if I'm remembering correctly, or maybe I'm just watching more critically, but I thought the opposite. Okay. I thought this one had even longer you might be still right. shots. Um, yeah, there, there's a final sort of scene where there's a lot of glass breaking, mm-hmm. um, like a crazy amount. Like, yeah, like it like, got tongue in cheek at a certain um, point. And I think that's sort of the beauty of all of the sort of the set piece fight scenes in this. There's there's fights that take place in different buildings and you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and every element that can be overdone is overdone. Yeah. But in in the spirit of wanting to make these fight scenes all they can be. Mm-hmm. I also think that the humorous stuff in this movie, especially towards the end between sort of two people, um, John Wick and somebody else is like really good. And I wanted, I made a note to talk it about it. It landed, the right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we rate movies a little bit differently for me. It's more like where I stand personally. Like if I'm going to revisit this, I will agree with you. This is one of the best movies of its type to come out in probably the last 10 years. Um, but it's still not a movie. It's going to be in like my top 10 ever. Um, so yeah. it's like a solid eight for me. It's a good movie. That's fine. If you like movies like this, you're like you said, going to love this one. If you love the first two, it's probably a 10. Oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If you're somebody like, I love John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. But you're going to love any John Wick. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But that's you know. amazing. I think of like, has there ever been a trilogy of action movies that have sustained the way that this series and this franchise has sustained their momentum? A lot try. A lot try. I mean, yeah. like you can look at the, the ensemble action adventures of like the Expendables. I think oh, sure. those might come close. Well, I think the difference is like Expendables is like you you deal with the ensemble cast and that's kind of the draw. Yeah. So if you take like uh, what is it with Jason State the transporter? Yeah. That's more of like a single dude mm-hmm. sort of um, being the badass kind of. Yep. And those don't come close. No, those don't um, come close. Franchises like Fast and the Furious come mm-hmm. to mind, but again, those you are more of an ensemble power. Yeah. star power car centered and then you have Dwayne the Rock Johnson coming in you bring new people in and it's like okay good no another do you, have you seen the trailers for that new one the new Fast and the Furious or Hobbs and Shaw yeah it's called Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and really Shaw. I'm pretty sure oh my goodness I heard that on uh, I'm gonna see that though it looks sure. fun I'll see it it looks like a silly goose time yeah you know I see maybe Dwayne Johnson taking on a character within the next five to ten years and putting out a franchise maybe like this yeah because his star power is has never been higher. I could see him becoming an action superhero and making a franchise out of action movies like this, where he's the star and it's not an ensemble cast and there's no Jason Statham. So did you happen to see the trailer for the Gerard Butler movie, Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman? Because yeah. that's, I think, a prime example of a, of a, I don't know if they're going to go for like a franchise thing, but at least a one-off that is not going to work. Yeah. Gerard Butler's been trying to do that type of movie for a long time. The one that comes to mind is, um, uh, what is it called? Enemy of the State. Is that what it was? Where he's naked at the beginning, getting handcuffed. Not the part that I remembered. And but... he trolls Jamie Foxx okay, from yeah, prison. Right, right. Yep. Um, that's actually not the one I'm thinking of. There's another one where he's asked like protect the president. Oh, isn't it like it Olympus like a... has fallen? It's London has fallen. He wasn't in that. I think he was. No, man. because Morgan Freeman was the president in that too. Um, I kid you not. Morgan Freeman was the president in that movie. I don't. I don't think so. I saw he's that played movie. a president in a movie. Look at it. Is yeah. It's Morgan Freeman. Like. So, so Gerard Butler is like a guy that's been trying to do this, who, by the way, has not really had any star power outside of, I would argue, 300. Right. Like that was his big thing. I have a question. 
Sure. Is me? this movie coming out a sequel to this? It's, you would think so. Uh, oh, I wonder if that's the case. Dude, you, that actually, because it has fallen in its name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's got the same cast. It can't be just a direct ripoff or like a, dude, it has to be a sequel. Uh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, that makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah, so right. So 2019, this one's coming out. It's called Angel Has Fallen. Because the first one was London Has Fallen? Yeah, it must be. Who was in Olympus Has Fallen? What's Olympus Has Look Fallen? Look at right there on, in 13. Oh. Oh, my God. That was the first one. <laughs> That's a franchise. Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman. Oh, How many times right? Morgan Freeman gets in so much peril? Yeah, I don't. So is this breaking news? We just discovered the on the third film, yeah. a trilogy with Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. This is breaking Fresh Hop Cinema news. How did neither of us know that I don't this know. was a franchise? We should have picked it up because everyone <laughs> has fallen. But right? Like, Why is everybody falling? I don't know, dude. Here's well, the other thing is like Antoine Fuqua did this one. Who He did um, the movie that we did, the, the Western movie with Denzel, Don't Sweat at Denzel, back in the day. What the heck's it called? Seven Samurai? No, that was what it was based off of. Magnificent Seven. Gotcha. Same director, and I wonder how he probably did these ones too, because that movie uh, was garbage. Yeah. Oh, he did the Equalizer. <laughs> oh, but he did Training Day. Oh, that's that was in his better days. Apparently, that's that was funny. only three years before the first of these strange. No, it wasn't. No, it was no. I thought that said years. 2011. Um, so weird. These are all a series. There's a series of Ger- Gerard Butler just failing at protecting them. Well, he's not failing, I guess. Morgan Freeman's still alive. That's true. I guess so, he's pretty good. Yeah. But all this to say, like, the cultural, like, desire for these movies is practically non-existent. To the, to the point where we, cultured people, didn't even know it was a franchise. Gerard Butler is back as Mike Banning the, in yeah. Angel Has Fallen. His name's Mike Banning. Sure. Yeah. That sounds <sighs> exactly right. I cannot wait to not watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say, I didn't realize I had so many examples of Gerard Butler movies. I was going to point out, like, Geostorm. <laughs> um, which is another example of like like the highest stakes one man for the job Gerard Butler <laughs> no one gives a shit about this no man so and, I don't know uh, there's been so many of those there was that era too where it was all like disaster movies yeah remember when The Rock, the Rock was yeah. driving a limo and it was like Escape from LA and then John Cusack did one did he? That was like, uh, yeah he did it was like an earthquake escape one. Oh, and then there was and the one there, Day After Tomorrow but that yeah. was before Quite a ways. That was like 2006. And it counts. It maybe started the era. Yeah. Even. But yeah, the 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 rock one was. Uh, it was 2012. That's because okay. that was like the whole thing. The world was going to end. Yeah. In 2012. 2012. That sounds so much better. Yeah. 2012. Man. So lame. So all that to say, look at these franchises that no one cares about. Like, yeah, I don't care about Mike Banning. <laughs> Who's Mike Banning? And yeah. like, Tom Cruise has been trying to do it forever. With the, the he's been like in seven Jack Reacher movies. You, oh, Tom Cruise! I heard Tom Hanks. I was like, has he? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise. Sure. Yeah, but like no, I, I maybe like Mission Reacher. Impossible. Mission Impossible is great, but different. Yeah. But I think Jack. Well, I think is Jack Reacher the one where he dies and like has to restart his day? No, no. that was Edge of Tomorrow. I liked Edge of Tomorrow. No, Jack Reacher was based on somebody's books. It was a book series. Probably Tom Clancy. Did Tom Clancy Probably. or James Patterson? One of those yeah. guys. Uh, but yeah. There's none. There's no franchises that are yeah. better than John Wick. Yeah, I, yeah. So those kinds of movies. That's how we think of John Wick. Maybe you don't, but if you do, stick to John Wick. It's the best. Well, this is for sure head and shoulders above all the movies for that we've sure. just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else we want to talk about on John Wick before we go to break? 
we both liked it. I think that was it, man. I think we covered everything. There was some sweet dogs. We're going to get more into those on the in the Danger Zone. I think I liked them more than you did. Yeah, they're fine to me. They were cool. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to spoil it until the end of the show. We're going to come back and maybe talk about some hot and bothered stuff this week and get into our second beer. Uh, so stick around. But that is the part where we spoil it. Yeah, at the very end of it. Yeah. So? Spoilers inbound sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, can, uh, yeah, soon enough. Give, give me another beer. Like by the time you get to the fifth or sixth stoplight that you're in the car with right now, we'll probably get on the freeway. Then by the time you get off the freeway, we'll hit the spoilers. What if they're not getting off the freeway? Then listen to previous episodes because they're good. We'll be right back. Danger zone. Danger zone. I thought there was one more. Okay. If you've never heard the show before, we're going to jump into Hot and Bothered. If you have heard the show before, we're still going to jump into Hot and Bothered. What a weird grammatical way I decided to start that sentence. Whether you have, whether you have not. <laughs> what I was trying to say, if you've never heard it before, what Hot and Bothered is is the point in the show where Johnny and I talk about what's been going on in our lives, usually unrelated to beer and or movies, though sometimes could be. Sometimes it's sexual. You never know. Um, in the interest of chivalry, my friend, why don't you go first? What do you want to talk about? What's been going on in your life? What's got you hot and or bothered, as we say? I got drunk this weekend and okay. ordered a hat. Ooh. And I forgot. You forgot. Okay. And then I got an email this morning that the hat shipped. Nice. And I was like, what the fuck? Sure. And I was like, oh, yeah. What is it? Can I see it? It's a San Francisco Giants Memorial Day edition, like camouflage Giants hat. Oh, it's just like a ball like a ball. It's cap. like a baseball hat. Okay. Yeah. It's dope. That's still cool. It's pretty dope. I was hoping you were going to say like a giant like uh, feather headdress or something. Oh, that would be pretty been cool. Awesome. Yeah. But no. this is still awesome. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, it was. I was drinking, watching baseball with a buddy. Uh, and my wife and yeah, my wife, everybody, my wife. I had to think about everything. What did you say? <laughs> move. Yeah, we were talking because we have tickets to go see the Giants this upcoming weekend. Who are they playing? They are playing the Diamondbacks, for, Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, what and, a, uh, Memorial Day weekend series. So I got tickets. We're gonna be going down there Sunday. So if you're San Francisco on Sunday, hit me up. We'll have a beer. Nice dude. I'll be out there. You have a twelve dollar beer at the ball game. Fifteen. Really? Fifteen. Is that a real thing? Yeah. That sucks. Um, there's uh like a certain aspect of a hack to it that you is probably illegal. No, 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 not at all. There's just uh certain booths that sell better beer. Oh, smart. Um, and I found a couple booths that sell uh, for the same price as a sixteen ounce bottle of Bud of course, Light. Oh, yeah. A 19.2 ounce can of Hot Bullet. Oh my gosh, bang for buck, my guy. Right. Much better. I'm saying we're going 4% versus 8%, 16 yep. ounces versus 19.2. That's a much better deal. Yeah. yeah. What pisses me off is those tall cans are $3 in Chico. Oh, yeah. You can't think about that, though. But I, you can't not. Yeah, that's true. You can't. You shouldn't. <laughs> well, it's the same idea as like buying a beer at a bar. You're yeah. Like, yeah, but a six pack is also $7. We'll go buy a six pack and go fucking home, man. Like, yeah. Right. You're if paying, you don't want to spend the money, paying for the environment. Yeah. I guess. Exactly. Yeah, so, I guess that's what you're doing at a baseball game. But Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of money to keep those stadiums running. Does I it? I don't know. There's nothing there. I mean, like, there's electricity, I guess. You have to upkeep it and clean it and all the workers that work yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. There's a couple nice restaurants in the giant stadium. There's one. There's that, restaurants in the stadium? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a bunch of different, you know, booths. You've never been to a Giants game? I've been to a Giants game. I just, I've, well, I've been to, yeah, I have been to a Giants game. I've been to other games, too. Like, I've, okay. been, I've been to a... More than more than ten, less than twenty, probably professional sports games in my okay. life. Okay, 
but I never knew about like restaurants. That's yeah, cool. there's uh, they put one in in the outfield. It's kind of between like right in the middle of center field, uh, and it's like behind the fence, the center field wall, mm-hmm. and it's the it's called like the garden. They have like vegan food and like really good like, cool. herbs and garlic and garden fresh stuff. They actually have a bunch of plants that grow back there that they use fresh in the food. So it's like yeah. a really cool place to hang out and eat. I like it down there a lot. That's dope. But yeah. So those are both my my hots that I, I got drunk and ordered a hat. That's great. So uh, uh when did, when what night did you order it? And and where'd you order it from? Amazon Prime by chance? Saturday night and it was the MLB official website because they were oh. having a sale on some okay. merch and like free shipping. But it's probably like ten to fourteen business days. Uh seven to ten. Okay. Or five to seven, I think. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, free shipping, whatever. What the hat cost? Thirty. That's a pretty good deal, I think. Yeah, probably. it is for like a, a licensed official yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah, right. Especially because they always do like limited colors and different patterns and right. camos. That's how they get stuff. you. That's when you think about it, though. Like that's such a ripoff. <laughs> Not really, because they're the same price as their regular hats. Oh, and they have a different one for like Memorial Day and Fourth of July. Okay, every as long year. as they're not like upcharging, like we used a one different thread. No. in our sewing machine. Yeah, no, it's like a completely different color and color pattern. Like the Memorial Day ones are always like camo with yeah. like cool like army color. Sure. So it's pretty cool. Nice, dude. Yeah. Do you ever get drunk and order stuff on Amazon and forget about it? And then it's like Christmas when it shows up. It It's happened more than more than a couple of times. I tend to get uh, when I get drunk and order on Amazon, I remember it because it's something that I'm like, it's a particular thing that I'm like, man, I should order this. But then I'm sober and I'm like, listen, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Listen, listen, me, you got other stuff to pay for. And then I'm drunk. I'm like this is the other night I ordered uh, three new pairs of underwear. Okay. It was a pack. Um, I was close to ordering MeUndies or Saks, I think it was, because I'm not a person I'm going to get, but they have like the pouch, right? Yeah. The two pouches so you can separate your business. Um, and I didn't because they're like $35 a pair. And I'm like, well, that's, I'm not doing that's that. Even drunk, I was like, what a, that's a ripoff. Yeah, no. I'll use some duct tape if I, I have to. I don't care about my junk that much. No. $35 worth? No. So I ordered a three pack of like this cool, like Nike type underwear. Okay. That's fine. It's, I'm not going to buy another one. I still, you know, you find like a really good pair. You're like, I need to buy more of these forever. Yes. This is the perfect fit for my stuff. Mm-hmm. So I haven't found that that one, my soul mate underwear yet. But I would try MeUndies one time. I like They're them. They're so expensive. They're like $20 a pair. No. Is I'm, it that much? I'm pretty sure. We'll have to look into this. Yeah. But I, I would love to. So, But yeah, so we've, we've all kind of done that. It's fun when it's like a, an impulse item that you'd never buy sober. Yeah. And then it just shows up. Yeah. I know people that have like problems with that. That's a it's a thing. It's the same sort of endorphin boost. Like when like waiting for an a, like a package. Yeah, I, I think I read something at one point. It's the same part of your brain that gets triggered when you're like waiting for like a like a good deck or a good hand to come through and like gambling. Yeah, or like roulette, like watching the balls, but like you're waiting for this thing to show up mm-hmm. so you can open it and experience that little like, look at fun new thing for me. Well, it goes back to childhood. Everybody loves getting shit in the mail. Yep. Or Christmas presents. That's yes. a great, we're, we're conditioned pretty early on. Christmas to, presents, birthday presents, mm-hmm. birthday cards. Hopefully they have cash in them. Yep. All that. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, yes, I have done that. That's fun. Yeah. I did that with a, a hunting knife once. Nice. Completely forgot till it showed up. Isn't that great, though? It's like, wow, look at this thing. And you're so excited when it shows up. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, um, you know, you've heard that expression, like, uh, drunk brain, sober truths. No, I haven't. Like, you know. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing. Like drunk brain buys you what you really fucking want. Yeah. Like, I want this more than anything. Yeah, totally. You buy like the five pound bag of just the marshmallows from Lucky Charms. Sure. Oh, they oh yeah, that's a thing. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. I you know, I don't I feel like the whole appeal for that is like they're only so good because they're in with like the rest of these like starchy enriched fiber things. Yeah. Like if you take them out, it's just like it's all good and it's like, what's the point? 
It's like buying the rye chips for Gardettos. Nope. Rye chips, still amazing. Yeah, they're still so good. That's still the best snack ever. And I'm going to counterpoint your argument with you can still eat them with regular Lucky Charms, but now you control the ratio of starch to marshmallow. Yeah. Increase it, decrease it as you see fit. That's a game changer. Yeah. All right. Fair point. So just saying. I just ordered a new pair of jeans on Amazon. I found my jeans. I found the ripe ripe jeans from Levi's. Nice. So I actually got these ones the other day. Oh. I haven't had gray jeans since I was like 16 or 17. I like the gray wash. I do too. It's nice. Um, and these are like the, so if you're not a Levi's person, they have a couple options. They have like the standard denim and they have like the stretch denim and they have like the advanced stretch. Mm. I like stretchy pants. I do too. I'm a stretchy pants guy. And I use like the advanced stretch ones for like being on stage, like show nights. Cause they do like a lot of like squatting and moving around, like wrapping cables and like setting up the stage. And oh, I thought you meant during your show. You're like I high kicking. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it is super helpful, and it's the worst when you're in, like, restrictive pants, like, trying to get down, like, wrap cables and set up speakers and tear it down. It's so annoying. You don't want tight jeans when you're no. doing that. You can have tight jeans. They just have to be able to stretch. Yeah. Um, say, like, tight jeans that don't stretch, I should Yeah, say. so, like, these ones, my fiance thinks my butt looks really good in them, but she also thinks they're not so tight that they look weird. Well, that's just a win-win. It's a win-win. I didn't get a look at your butt. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to have to confirm it out. Yeah. 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 If you're curious, that. they're the 511s. Okay. You gotta check Because they're, like, narrow through the hip, and then kind of they don't taper towards the ankle uh so you don't get sort of like the stick figure tim burton sort of look but you right. get like a that makes sense yeah not a dad gene necessarily but somewhere between the two that's what you want though you want that balance you don't sure. want like latex painted on not skin necessarily. there's a time and a place for sure i got a couple of those jeans yeah for when i want to go skateboarding you don't want them all the time board. though no 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 you gotta do it i've been favoring uh, old navy's pants lately yeah, they have some good deals. I like them. Mm-hmm. They're cost and effective and function. Mm-hmm. It's good times. I'm just glad to see you out of something that's not Carhartt. See you in something that's not Carhartt. Well. You're a lot of Carhartt type stuff. Yeah. Which are good good clothes. They're reliable. Well, wintertime too, like mm-hmm. for the elements and, you know, I work outside half the time anyway. So it's, mm-hmm. but yes, it is nice. And this is the time when the floral print shirts come back. Yeah. Get bright, get vibrant. It's fun. Yeah. They don't make a lot of winter gear in like pretty colors. No, you realize that winter That's a, is a very practical season. It is. People are just like, you need to hunker down. You need to, you need to shear your crops. What do you want? Brown, gray, or black? Black. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Maybe, maybe army mixed. green. Yeah. Oh, that's because my Carhartt's army green. My jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The it's a good jacket, jacket though. It's a great jacket, but it's not pretty. I want to talk about me now. Yeah. What do you got? I have two things. One, um, on the uh, expedition, I went on to pick up these beers from our friend John Wallam for the episode today. He had mentioned that he has this extra electric kettle uh, just laying around, never used it. And an electric kettle is beneficial in a lot of ways. One, if you're a coffee nerd like I am, getting your water temperature just right to brew your coffee can be a bit tricky. I have gone through many a frothing thermometer. The plastic has melted. It's been dropped in the sink and the paper on the inside has been ruined. Things like that. And I had broken mine like a week and a half ago. And then John sent me that message. And I was like, that's so great. I've been wanting to get an electric kettle, but I don't want to invest because they're usually like a hundred bucks or something. I was like, I don't need it. What exactly is an electric kettle? So it's basically, in this case, it's a gooseneck kettle, um, which is basically a the opposite. A tea kettle? It's a tea kettle. It's a water kettle. Yeah. Okay. So you stick it on the stove most of the time, except with an electric one, you stick it on a little base and you set the temperature and it brings the water to that temperature and uh, keeps it there. Okay. So it's like a little single burner, electric burner. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like a base with a little yeah. kind of thing in the middle and you stick the pot on there. I like and it, that. And it brings it up to your temperature. And it's easier to control the temperature? It controls itself. Cool. So it's like, oops, you want your water at 202? We'll stop it right there. And then it's like, oh, great. And then you put it back on, 
and it keeps it there. That's really neat. So real consistency you can achieve. So John, thanks for that. It's been working out really great. I've been gone for a few days, but I will make coffee tomorrow morning with it. And it's been really, really nice. Coffee sounds good now. Yeah. Maybe we'll do some at the end. Still got to go to Costco. I got to go to sleep. Yeah. So maybe no (laughs) coffee for you. No. Uh, My other thing is I'm making some small, but very effect affecting lifestyle changes. I, for a long time, I feel like we've talked about this on the show. I've been getting a little bit out of shape, uh, less active than I have been. And I decided I will train for a 10K race. That's what I'm going to do, uh, which is a running race, if you don't know that. Yeah, because it's, I have rabies. Yeah, you got to get the fun run. Uh, it's six six point something miles, but I'm a person that gets shin splints very easily, probably because I tackle things in something that you call whole hog. I go whole hog. Mm. Um, and what that looks like in running is like I'll just run, like I'll run two miles for like three days in a row, and then I get shin splints. I'm like, ah, I hate running. So I'm running three days a week right now. This is my second week. I'm doing about five miles a week right now. And I'm going to build it up. Hopefully in the next like six months, run a 10K. Okay. Register for one. Do the whole thing. All right. That's where I'm at. If you put a sticker on the back of your van, (laughs) I will stab you. So my goal is to go up to a half marathon. So I will get that sticker. No. I'm going to do it. Uh, And that's actually what spurred the White Claw idea. Actually, it's spurred the Coors Light idea. I bought a Coors Light. If you put a 13.1 sticker on the back of your van, I am going to smash your window out with a baseball bat. I I will uh, drive away. No, I will will cover cover your deductible because I know where you Mm. live. Okay. What's your glass deductible? 100 bucks? It's worth it. What is a glass deductible? If you have uh, insurance that covers your windows, like if you have a chip or like a crack in your front windshield, you have a glass deductible. Oh, I've just always replaced that. I didn't know that was a thing. Maybe I don't know. No, you, you replace it, but you only pay $100 of the total cost if that's your glass deductible. Hmm. So you, like, say the, the bill for a whole front windshield is like $350. Yeah, I've, all, I've done a $250 for my front windshield, and I just paid it. Mm. So I, You can uh, add that on. It's only, like, a dollar to your insurance bill or whatever, but, yeah. like, to have glass coverage, because if you catch a window, as much as you drive, you should look into it. Sure. Because I have a hundred dollar glass deductible on all my vehicles. That's smart. So if you have a hundred dollar glass deductible, I'm smashing your back window. Fair enough. Until you. then, you can smash me. Although I would run from you, <sighs> and and knowing that I just ran a half marathon, you'd never catch me. Oh, so. you'd be tired. You get the half marathon done, you're done. Oh, you're doing it right after. It's like I'm, yeah. I'm putting the sticker on. Yep. Like, you're like you. You're wheezing. I like this you're universe sweaty. where I'm so excited about it. Like I'm I'm out of breath. I'm like I need to put my sticker you on. Come from the race. <laughs> it's like in the parking lot at yeah. the end of the five k. That's not un- like you know. Come on, man. 10K, half marathon. No. Mind you, a half marathon is, is like a 20K. That's Lots fine. of Ks. It's 13.1 miles. Yeah. How about you just run 13 miles and tell me about it, and we high five, and I hug you, and I say, good job. That's a great idea. Let's just do that instead. Instead of you hitting my glass windshield Instead of you it? putting the sticker on. Oh, okay. Sure. I'll do that. I definitely will not put the sticker on. Right. Sure. I won't even do it. Definitely right. not. Don't look at my windshield. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, it's time for another beer. We got to get there. Yeah. I'm going to get one of those like 0.0, 0 yeah. like the stick figure You're the, the beer set. belly. One of our listeners uh, made that joke to me a couple, uh, I think maybe years ago at this point. Uh, if that person's listening, text Johnny because that's a really funny joke and I would love to see who does it first. Which one? I'm not telling. Let's, oh. let's get some damn listener engagement back in this biatch, shall mm-hmm. we? <laughs> Pour a beer, please. All right. Pour our beer. This is a beer that I got um, many months ago and it's a beer from London. England in the UK. Did you buy this there? In England? Yeah. No. Because you were there. I was there. If that was you, actually in two, no, in 2017. You've been there. a long-time listener, first-time caller. You will know Yeah. Max was in England. Yeah, doing music stuff. Wow, I can smell this beer from here. So it's a vintage ale. It's the, they're a 
a 2016 ale from Fuller's, again, out of London. It's 8.5%. And while Johnny is pouring that, I'm going to read what they wrote about it on the back of the box in this very tiny uh, script, hard-to-read type print. Get your magnifying glass, Sonny. That's actually a really good idea. Uh, I don't have one. Uh, in this 2016 <laughs> vintage ale, we've used Nelson Salveen hops, a hop type which was being developed when we brewed our first vintage ale in 1997. Since then, this aromatic New World hop has pioneered new flavors in beer and so is a fitting addition to this milestone vintage ale recipe. Uh, vintage ale is only available as a limited release, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we have added a best before date of December 2026 as this exceptional ale will improve for many years to come like a fine wine or whiskey. This bottle-conditioned beer will form a natural sediment, so pour carefully, sit back, and enjoy the very finest of Fuller Ales. Okay. Uh, were you drinking just now? I couldn't tell. I was just like, caught you in my perifs. Yep. Thoughts? Immediately do not like it. Oh, really? What is it? What about it? Uh, it's, uh, oof. It kind of like reminds me of like a wheat wine, almost. Uh, it's What's got a, a wheat wine? Oh, oh but I like know a barley wine. Tasting wine. it, I'm like, yep, that's what it is. Yeah, like a barley wine made with wheat. Huh. Yeah, this has got some real weird layers of funkiness to it. Yeah, funk is a great So is word. this a barrel-aged old ale? Is that what I'm getting? I don't know that it's barrel-aged. Um, <clears throat> it says it's vintage, so I imagine it's been sitting around for a while in something. I hope to fuck it's a barrel. I it just mean, says that it's bottle conditioned. It doesn't say anything about aging in barrels or anything. But So they just put it in bottles and let it kick it? Yeah, I think so. Um, Ooh, it smells like funky grape juice, weird. Oh, there's some. You're weird. not see what it reminds me of is is a traditional like English ale, a little with like, like the maltiness, yeah, and the sugary like hoppy, yeah. like like almost staleness by design. But I I don't dislike it. Yeah, this bottle mm. just says the same thing as the box. It's got a bit of a peroxidey thing happening. Oh, I too. can see that. Yeah, it's like borderline medicinal. With a weird, bitter funk to it. But you do get some of that sort of like um, like leathery, almost um, almost like plum and date kind of stuff going on. Mixed that with, makes you think of like an old ale. Yeah, with like a, a heavy dose of ashtray. I don't get that. But there's like, like it's not even front and center sweetness. You, you're not into it. That's fucking weird, dude. I, I, don't, I don't nearly have that reaction. I think it's okay. Um I was hoping for a little bit more complexity. I was hoping this would be a little bit more interesting than it is. It feels a little bit watered down. Um, this is complexly gross. Okay. You're going to have to elaborate on that, obviously. Well, it's gross and it's complex because mm -hmm. there's like 17 ways that it's gross. What do you think about the uh, just overall sort of body and mouthfeel of this? Thin. Yeah. Dissipates quickly. Really bubbly and effervescent, uh, but then just leaves you like water. Yeah. If you, like, had a, if you had to guess ABV on this, what would you say? Well, I know what it is. Yeah, uh, it tastes lower than it is. Yeah. I would have guessed six, five, seven, mm -hmm. and it clocks in at eight, five. Yes. So it is a bit sneaky in that regard, but it, it has a a bland bitterness. It does. It's just a flat, abrupt, blunt bitterness. It's like a like you're eating a root plant. Like if you took a bite out of a raw potato. Yeah, something raw and rooty for sure. That kind of abrupt. Potatoes like a little bit starchy, I think. That's that an abrupt tuber in your mouth. What's a tuber? It's what potatoes are. You call potatoes tubers? That's what they are. It's the genus of plant. Is that real? Yeah. That's really exciting. Things are telling me that. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. Like you were mentioning you've had a Fuller's ESB that you really enjoy. Yeah, their ESB is amazing. 
and my my experience with English ales is fairly limited, but I don't recall ever having one and be like, whoa, the intensity of this flavor is blowing me away. They've always been kind of like, okay, no, sure, beer. Yeah, ESPs are very under certainly ESPs. Yeah, but even yeah. like even pale ales I had over there. Um, and stouts were like pretty underwhelming compared to American beers, which I think is a cultural thing because even with food, they have like less taste, more salt, like just the sweetest sugary garbage yeah. that we can eat over here. Um, so I'm trying to, to, to distinguish between whether it's just, um, an unimpressive beer, uh, against its design or if that's just the way they're making this beer. I don't think that I would hate on this beer for being simple. Okay. I, I, I think I appreciate that in certain, like in styles of beer, like British beers, I think the spear could be more simple and it would be more enjoyable. There's, mm. It's got a bitterness and like a tang to it. Like there's elements to the beer that if you took it out, this beer would be much more enjoyable. Yeah. What what flavors are jumping out to you as something that it should be better without? Or that would that be? tang. The tang. That weird tanginess. It doesn't need that. I would like a much more rich, even flavor. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know that I would have jumped to the word tang necessarily. Like, oh, really? I don't really get like the lymph node kind of... Um, uh, mouthwatery sort of bite. That no I attribute with tanginess. No, but it's there. It's 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 a it's a subtle tang. It's just like Maybe. um like a like a the tang you'd get in like molasses, but it's weird, man. You don't pick up any of that on the nose. It's it smells like it's going to be like a barley wine or old ale sort of like really yeah. rich raisiny kind of yeah raisiny like caramely almost toffee toffee great. That's yeah. what I'm missing in the beer, like the toffee sweetness. Yeah, because because you do get that on the nose, but. Almost none of it when you no. drink it. No, this beer falls short for me quite a bit. Um, okay, you want to rate it? 3.7. Okay, 3.7. No, this beer is a solid 3.7. Here you go, have a pen. I got my, uh, uh, what is this? What Martian. You from Toy Story? Yeah. Are they called Martians? In the in the little claw machine? The claw! It has chosen you! Yeah. That's what this pen is. Nirvana is coming. I go to a better place. Mm. Uh, okay, 3.7 for you. I'm going to give it a 5. It's fine. I like it more than you do, but I don't love it. I wouldn't buy it again for eleven dollars. No, from Market of Choice, which I'm so glad to tell you. Where was that at? Oh, it was in uh, Oregon. Oh, same place. Same place. This is from that same place. <laughs> oh no! I didn't want to show my cards, but yeah, that's where it's from. Okay, and this one at least is not bad. It didn't go bad. I think this is just not a great beer. Exactly. Um, Fuller's, if you're listening, let us know if we're wrong. Maybe we did have the wrong batch, or it, it was stored improperly. Um, tell us what we should be tasting and then tweet us to your followers and be like, look at this podcast mm-hmm. in, across the pond in the United States of A. Yep. And then we'll, uh, we'll be friends. So that's it for Fuller's 2016 bottle condition vintage ale. Buy at your own risk, according to Fresh Hop Cinema. 3.7 for you, five for me. Also, where is that place? Yeah, it's uh, Ashland. Ashland. Yeah. What's it called one more time? Market of Choice. Shout out to Market of Choice. <laughs> For like the seventh. Thank you so much for this. Bad beer. Yeah. Yeah. My Andy and Chico is much better. I love that you remember his name. That's so funny. Well, it's because I have a counterpart. Sure. I have a bizarro Jerry. Yeah. What? It's from an episode of Seinfeld. I've been binge watching Seinfeld from the beginning because Shalita had never seen it. And I realized that was a travesty. Sure. And if I wasn't going to divorce her immediately, we had to watch all of Seinfeld right now. I mean, that's the cheaper option, probably. Probably. And divorce both emotionally and financially. Exactly. Just watch the show. Yeah, just just watch it. Oh, can I? I before you can do whatever the fuck you all right, want. Great. I had um I had a recommendation of a show to watch, and I watched it, and I think it's very funny. So I feel like it would be a disservice not to bring it up. Well, let's talk about it. It's a show on Hulu. I'll just do this very briefly. It's called Pen Fifteen, um, which if you can't visualize that, you guys, 
It looks like that when you write it. I know you can. It looks like penis. That's the joke. Oh, did you hear about this on uh, PCHH? No. Uh, And I suppose now is a good enough time to shout out who I did hear it from. This is from a friend of mine named Allie. Uh, We dated in high school for about a year and a half. I was convinced she was the woman of my dreams. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we broke up. And now we are friends. Did she break your heart? Yeah. I'll kill her. (laughs) Thanks, man. Uh, No, she did. And it was fine. And now we're better for it. We're both in great relationships. I have met her boyfriend a couple times. They're great. All right. I'll kill him So perfect. Just murder them all. Yeah. Uh, In any case, Pen15 is on Hulu. It's super funny. It's a sort of... uh, I've only gotten maybe six episodes in. They're like TV half hours, so like 20-something minutes. 22, 24, somewhere there. there. I like it. Uh, If I'm not mistaken. Um, And it's these two like 13, 14-year-old girls in middle school kind of going through adolescence and understanding what school is and like what the social drama is of the day and... um, the, the 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 really fun part of it for me is like it doesn't take place in modern day. It's like like early two thousands kind of thing. Okay. Um. So people in the age range of like twenty five to thirty five will lock into be like, oh yeah. So that's me. Yeah. I remember landlines. I remember cootie catchers. I remember like boring school presentations on those stupid uh, lamp things with the translucent sheets of paper where the teachers write with markers and then it gets projected. Mm. They're called projectors. Yep. I guess. Definitely uh, but, are. But now I don't think of that. I think of like a digital projector that plays movies. Yeah. But back in the day, there oh, was yeah. little like clear sheets of plastic, I guess. Translucent plastic. Yeah. It's a fun word to Anyways, say. it's really raunchy. It's not for everybody for sure. A very sexual um, as most of us are at that age. So watch at your own risk. Still am. What's sure, up? What's up? Uh, but super, super funny. So Pen15 on Hulu. Check it out. All right. Is what I meant to bring up in Hot and Bothered. That was a very late addition to the hot segment, but I appreciate it because I'm always looking for new content. We just started that new Netflix show with Christina Applegate. Dead to me. Dead to me. Great. So very, did I. It's yeah. very good. It's very good. A little bit more soap opera-ish than I expected. A little bit more oh. drama, less comedy. Oh, sure. It was advertised to me kind of as a comedy. Not quite there. Yeah. But you know what? I like it. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Gianna put me onto it, and it was it's Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. And I've got to tell you, I have like a little baby crush on Linda Cardellini. She's. I'm so glad this is finally happening because she was Velma in Scooby Doo. Yep, live action. Loved her then. She was uh, Viggo Mortensen's wife in Green Book. Loved her then too. Ugh. Um, and yeah, like, to some extent, I liked her too. But like, she wasn't given a lot in those roles. Yes. So for her to be able to like flex some acting chops in this series is so great. I feel like she's been in more. We just have she has been. Yeah. But we've talked about maybe not Scooby Doo, but Green Book on this show at least. <laughs> yep. This is a uh, fresh off yeah. cinema first with the Scooby Doo. Yeah. What's her name one more time? Uh, Linda Cardellini. That's a good I name. I think is her name. It's a strong. It's name. Very Italian. I like her a lot. Yeah. She's she's, great. she's adorbs, and yeah. she's got the cutest bangs in this show. Oh, her bangs are great. Oh, my God. I love her bangs. Also, we shouldn't uh, understate James Marsden in this series. Oh, yeah. How far into the show are you, by the way? I went to bed at like four episodes. I think Shalina's like nine episodes deep now. Oh, nice. Gianna's ahead of me, too. Yeah. uh, I'm going to catch up eventually. I care a little bit less about it. Still somewhat interested. Yeah. Some interesting twists that have already happened. Yeah. You're like, oh, my goodness. What's in that storage unit? It's one of those shows where it's like, here's another twist for the end Mm -hmm. of the episode. Come right back. That's why it reminded me a little bit of a soap opera. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh. It's funny enough, and I like their yeah. their friendship and their dynamic. Christine Applegate is uh, pretty hilarious. I just this. love like the like the mom realism she brings to it. Oh, like yeah. just like uh, I guess brief briefly, if you've never heard, even heard of the show, Christine Applegate is a newly widowed woman um, who is befriended by another woman at a grief uh, counseling uh, yeah. like meeting, like a support group. Uh, so that's I guess all we can really say about it. But there's some really funny moments where it's like. 
I'm just, look, I got these two kids and no, I'm not a perfect mom, but like I'm dealing with it. So keep your judgment. You mm-hmm. asshole. Yep. Uh, and that, that stuff's really funny to me in this movie. Every this scene movie, when she gets show. in her car and blasts heavy metal and yeah. just weeps. I'm yeah. like, Oh my God. I, get I love her. Yeah. So yeah, I would recommend that show. Can we talk John Wick spoilers? Sure. Okay. He kills a lot of people. So many people. So many people with so many different things. One of my favorite things was when they were having that fight in the antique weapon museum. That was a great set piece. That was, that was a great place. Like, why didn't anyone think of that before now? Like, what if we had like this massive hand to hand combat fight in a museum of like old knives and guns? Right. I love that he like reassembled like kind of like Frankenstein's a gun together. He's See, like, I'll just use this hammer and like this cylinder and just kind of. I didn't like that. Oh, really? As someone that knows. A fair share about firearms. Well, yeah. I looked at that and I saw multiple. That, see, there's a lot wrong with that scene, and I don't okay. know how much you yeah. want me to get into that. It was unnecessary, but it looked cool for the movie. Yeah, I, I think like somebody who doesn't know a lot is like, "Oh, cool, he does. He's not just a, a good assassin. He's kind of. Sm- I, I guess that would be a good assassin quality. If he, putting together guns, if he, but. if he wanted to use a particular caliber of bullet, he could have picked up any one of the ten guns yeah. in front of him that was made for that caliber. And that was the problem. The gun, the bullet wouldn't fit into the cylinder. Yeah, yeah, just grab a different gun, dude. Yeah, there's all of them. There's all of them. Yeah, just use those. There were, yeah, exactly. But. It was kind of a neat little thing for the movie. It's not that easy to do that. So sure. it, that did kind of bug me because, like, that's way outside the realm of reality. And I know he goes, like, whole hog with training. I've watched so many sure. Keanu Reeves YouTube videos training. Have you watched any of those? I watched some for, like, the second movie, I think, maybe. I haven't watched any for the new one. They do them for this one, and Halle Berry's in them, too. Yeah. And they're doing them together, and it's really cool. It's fun to watch, and it's nice to see him take it seriously and... Cool. Uh, really get after it, you know, and like get into the role and kind of absorb it and actually be tactical because you said earlier he does his own stunts. Yeah. He did. He did a lot of them. I was going to say, there's a couple in this movie that I don't think anyone could have done. Yeah. Falling off the roof. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's definitely uh, CG, but, but like all of the fight scenes. Yeah. The fight scenes mostly. That's cool, man. Yeah. I dig that. That's very Jackie Chan of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that there's that many action stars, which I feel like is part of what makes you an action star is like the willingness to kind of commit to your role and, yeah. and do these harder stunts that could easily be done by a stunt double, mm-hmm. particularly in a movie where they're doing a lot of cuts and like jumping around. But here yep. it's like you can tell it's him. There's yeah. no way to replace that because you see his face. Yeah, which is cool because like, yeah. you know, it's fake, but also it feels genuine. It's the same yeah. reason that practical effects are easier to believe because yes, you know it's fake, but you're still looking at a real thing. You're looking is, at people faking it. Exactly. Yeah. That will always feel more real. And I love that. About I don't know about movie. always. I get jaded about that. I feel like at least for the next few years. Because there's some real convincing stuff out there. You know? There is. But like movies like this kind of reinstate that point where yeah. it's like yeah. just the realness of it. Like actors actually doing shit mm-hmm. like feels good. Mm-hmm. I agree that there's a time and a place for, for CGI, but I I love the level of commitment that keeps these actors like Keanu Reeves doing this type of stuff. Yeah, agreed. It makes the movie have so much more value, just knowing that it's him out there yeah. doing kung, right. kung fu. Yeah. Can we talk a bit about, were you going to say something? Sorry. thought you might, you did like the hand thing that you yeah. used to. You're like, oh, I was just, thought. when I said that, there was a couple times in this movie when like he was on the ground and like he gets back up mm-hmm. and it, it just when he was in the matrix and he was like, I know Kung Fu. Yeah. The the Chinese get up that he does. Yeah. The, Every time he does that, I want to hear him say like, I know Kung Fu. Did any part of you think that like Trinity was going to show up? I was hoping. I can't think of that actress's name, but like, oh, oh, oh. Nice. yeah, she's great. She's been in a couple of things. Um, yeah. 
She did remind me of the the ad adjudicator, adjunct, the adjudicator, adjudicator. That's yeah. a weird word. It sounds very Nazi. What's the definition of adjudicator? I think it's a judge, a judger. That's a but, cool word. I can look it up. I dug it, but it kept making me think of like adjunctifier and like I don't know. It was confusing because yeah. I'd never heard that word. What does adjudicator mean? Oh, it's one of these stupid. A person who adjudicates. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Well, that's stupid. Yeah, thanks. I think it's just judging. Like it's a person that like makes. What does adjudicate judgment. mean? Adjudicate means to make a formal judgment or decision about a problem or disputed matter. Okay. So yeah, like a judge. A judge. A judge. It's just a fancy, annoying way to say judge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, fine. But yeah, she kind of, like I think if they just would have made that that actress from The Matrix and from other stuff, she was in um, she's in like a lot of the Marvel TV spinoffs. Like uh, mm. she's in Luke Cage. She played like a lawyer character. Oh, she did. Yeah. Jessica Jones. She was in. Yeah. Mostly. What's her name? I'm gonna get up to. What is her name? It's not. It's gonna bug you when you hear it. You're like, oh, obviously. I think it's like not a super normal name. Uh, her name's Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann Moss. Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. Yeah. She was great in the Matrix, and I liked her in the Marvel stuff too. Yeah. She sure. was a lawyer throughout. Yes. Just kind of crossover. She was a lawyer in the Marvel universe. Oh, that's true, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind like of Daredevil because she worked. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Which sucks because those are all canceled now. Yeah, that all got. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's all going to Disney's new streaming <clears throat> service. So I want to talk about uh, Mark DeCasco's character, DeCasco's. I think that's how you pronounce it. What did he do? He was zero. He was uh, sort of the guy that thought he was. Oh, we're yeah. the same, John Wick. So, like, it, for people that haven't seen it, I guess, and they don't care, he's like this this dude. He was a sushi chef we were talking about earlier. Like, really, really good at killing. He's very talented yeah. uh, in that respect. Uh, but uh, you get this start in the vibe that he's like looked up to John Wick, like he's like his hero or something. Um, there's a couple people in this movie that are like John Wick, big fan, like yes, middle of a fight. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so I just love like, so that's obviously very funny in the moment. Like there's, he has like a two on one fight. John Wick does. And the dude's like, keep letting him get up. He's like, we really like your work. Like fight us. It's an honor to be fighting with <laughs> pretty you. much. Yeah. Um, so I love the idea that like there's this mythology within the movies, like this sort of like meta quality where like people know John Wick. Yeah. Like, Oh my god, you're you're you are the boogeyman. Like you're you're the character that the the movie production company is like at, trying to advertise. Like, and we know that about you, so we're gonna respect it. Yep. And it's it, so good. At one point, like John Wick got knocked down, and the one guy says to the other guy that they're fighting him, and they're like, Well, he hasn't been retired for five years. They're like justifying why he's not as good. <laughs> yeah, at like fighting. it's okay. It's he's, so funny. He's been retired. You cut him some slack. Let yeah. him get up. So at the end of that fight with Zero Zero's like, hey John. <laughs> I was like, yeah, in this stupid Keanu Reeves voice. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, that was a pretty good fight, huh? Like almost trying to get us to be like, that was a pretty good fight. Right. And then John's like, he's just like, yeah. I think probably like maybe 12 lines of dialogue the whole movie. Yeah. John Wick has. I think so. No, he had a couple paragraphs because there was. Did he? Yeah. He so did. Can we talk about the Casablanca sort of tangent? Yeah. He has to leave New York to find the guy that was in charge of the equivalent of the continental in new york but in casablanca because he knows how to find the guy that's in charge of the head table which is like the head of the like makes the rules yeah all the all the people that work in his universe are under the table which right. is a funny which is turn of it is funny because anybody listening that has not seen the movie is like oh yeah under the table taxes cash right no the table is like the high table like the that, high table yeah they're like the in charge of the assassins. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't. It doesn't They're make a just, lot of sense. You gotta be you gotta follow the rules. Otherwise, you get there's a lot of Latin in this movie. Like you get excommunicata, which means you're now available to be assassinated by assassins. And then deconsecrated. Which is a thing that can happen to a building, yeah. I guess. And also a virgin, probably. Yep. 
I don't know. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's what that word means. It's like made impure. Yeah. So that happens. And you're now penetrable. We should, yeah. No, you are now, you have been. Yeah. We should talk about what parabellum means briefly. Parabellum means prepare for war. It's two words, technically. It's Latin, para, para, like Spanish also. Think parachute. Sure. Is that really what you should think of? Well, prepare. Well, yeah. Para, para, glide, para. It's a lot of Is that what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like prepare to shoot, prepare to glide? Well, no, no, no. Like para means prepare. Yeah, well, yeah, in Latin it does. I just didn't know that translated But like you, a lot of words come from Latin and you look at all the words that start with para Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of preparedness. Parachute. Yeah, so it's like a whole turn of phrase here. It was, it was. I can't think of the first half of it. Sic vis pacem. Yes, cv pacem is how you. At least the pacem part I know because it's in the it's in the uh, the Irish boys movie. You know. Oh uh, yeah, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. They say pacem, which is uh, peace, right? Yes. Yeah. So they could have been saying it super Irish. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? I don't no, know. No, that's how it's pronounced in Latin. You got a P-A-C-E-M. It's pachem. Okay. Um, but it, it, the whole thing means if you want peace, prepare for war. Correct. And at one point, Ian McShane's character says that. Um, but also, Parabellum is a handgun, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, I can't remember who makes it. but That's pretty cool. The reason I looked it up is because- Of course it's a handgun. Right. Is because in Latin, it's two words. is para and bellum. Um, yeah, because bellum think, means war. Right. But here in the movie's title, it's one word. Well, it's Hollywood, bruh. Sure. Um, I don't know. This isn't right. That's a, a uh, bullet shell. Okay. Well, or a, a, a round. Whatever. Yeah. They made something to do with guns. They changed it into one word. So I'm not sure which, if not both, this movie is referencing. Probably both because no, bullets right. and war. Yeah. But it's a cool thing that Ian McShane said because he's just sure. fucking cool. He's great. He's great. He was great in this movie. Yeah, I think this is his kind of role, like sort of the wise gentleman that kind of sits back. Like all the stuff when he when they're coming back for getting more ammo and stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. He's just like sitting there drinking cognac. Yep. <laughs> just like cheers in him. Yep. Great stuff. Have you seen Deadwood? No, still not yet. You should watch that. The movie comes out in like a week. Yeah. Are we not covering it on this? I don't know why we would. Well, we could. Wait, I haven't seen trailers for it. Is it in like mainstream wide release? It's only on HBO. Oh, that's why. Yeah, it's HBO okay. original. And they're, they basically made it to... Uh, the season, the show ended. Yeah, like pretty abruptly, right? They had, well, yeah, it ended like in season two or three. Oh. And there was supposed to be like a season four. Right. And it just got cut short. So they have to make a movie to wrap up the series because it really did just right. get whoosh-wink. That's cool that somebody picked it up and was like, we need to finish this story. Well, it's all HBO. It oh, was it an is? HBO original that now they're following through and making an HBO original film. Why not just finish the series? Right. Seems weird. I'd love to know more about that. That's yeah. always interesting to me. We should dig into that a little bit. It'll be my flick pick that week for sure, even if we don't cover it on the show. Speaking of which, uh, if it is in like a week or two, we still, I haven't checked the poll results recently for Brightburn versus Booksmart. But if you guys have preferences on that, let us know because we got to figure out what we're watching next week. That's fucked up because I wanted to watch Brightburn and I still do. Sure. But like I've seen trailers for Booksmart and it looks really good. It looks really good, right? So I'm like, crap, I'm not mad whoever wins yeah, this poll. Totally. So I, f- I feel like, um, I mean, I don't really care to see Brightburn necessarily. So if we do go with Booksmart, you should watch it and do that as a flick pick. Deal. Um, but if if Brightburn is the way to go, I, I will at least for sure see Booksmart. But I feel like you probably will too. So I think we might just do both movies that week. Sure, I don't care. Could be fun. Do it's anything. our podcast. It's our podcast. Do whatever we want. Uh, okay. Final thoughts. Anything you got? 
John Wick was awesome. It was a fun time. Yeah. And I enjoyed watching it very much. It's available now. It's out in theaters. I would say, did you see it next D by chance? No, I did not. You should see it next D. It's a lot of fun. Well, I missed out. Yeah. Uh, it's a couple extra bucks probably, or like whatever XD means you know, to you, wherever you live. I'm just trying to save this podcast money. Respect. Mr. I bought, I bought $15 worth of concessions on my own money ah, today. Ah. That's a, I'm also committed to this. Yeah. But you know, uh, what are you going to do? Okay. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else. I no. mean, the dogs were cool. I've said that like four times, so I'm not going to say it anymore. Bron was in this. Bron from game of Thrones is in this. Jerome Flynn is his name. He was convincingly not Bron. Yeah. I think is important. He had like a really did a really good job with his accent mm-hmm. sort of his whole like carrying himself. Yeah. He was also in an episode of Black Mirror mm. where he felt very brawn to me. Okay. So this was nice seeing him kind of have a moment. Yeah. He was nigh unrecognizable. It took me a moment. He's got that underbite that's pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Though. Like pretty the, distinct face. Yeah. Uh, we have to do bonus content for Patreon. So I will say maybe now is a good time to talk about Game of Thrones on bonus content. What do you think? I don't know. Are you drunk enough to express your true feelings? I think so. I mean... Like at this point, I've talked to you enough during the day. Like I've shaken off all of like the part of my brain that was like, I'm tired. I got to do chores today. I don't want to talk about Game of Thrones. But now I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, and Braun is someone in Game of Thrones I want to talk about. So maybe we'll get to that for our bonus content on Patreon, which is a really nice way to bring it around to where you can find us. And the first one is on Patreon to support this podcast for as little as a dollar per episode. It takes like three minutes to sign up and you can give us like $4 a month. It costs as much as a cup of coffee. In the whole, Not a day. Everybody, it's not like you're paying four dollars. It's a cup of coffee a month. It's like buying one of us a cup of coffee, which I feel like if you're listening, you like us enough to if you would see us and we're like, hey, can we have a cup of coffee? You'd be like, yeah, I'll get you a cup of coffee. That's what it is. And not only do you uh, get the satisfaction of what we are like on a cup of coffee, you get bonus content, you get invites to events, um, and there's other stuff that we do, and it's really fun. But other places they can find us, Johnny, Instagrams, sure, Twitters. And Facebooks. Yeah. At Fresh Hop Cinema. Freshhopcinema.com and Letterboxd and Untapped. I've said and too many times. No, that's great. Yeah. And that's where you find yeah, us. Yeah, perfect. For movie reviews and beer reviews, we try and keep it super up to date with all the beers we do on the show. We should put White Claw on Untapped, oh, right? Let's review White technically Claw. it is a beer. Did you know that? Yeah, you can check it in. It says like, I'm pretty sure it says beer. Yeah. Whatever. I think it's a malt beverage. I don't know. No, it's literally at some point. Somebody told me it said beer on it. I don't think it says beer. Well, I could be wrong. You, you've been wrong before. I've been wrong a lot. It's fine. I've been wrong a lot, too. I'm used to it by yeah. now. So, anyways, that's where you can find us. Reach out to us. Get in the conversation. If you've had either of this beers, let us know. If you've had White Claw, let us know. Yeah. Uh, keep up the Instagram stories. Oh, okay. And if you're a new listener, when you're listening to this podcast, take a screenshot. Whatever you're listening on. Is it is it Apple Podcasts? I don't know. Is it Stitcher? It's hard to say. We would never know unless you screenshot it. Tag it. Tag us. Post it on your Instagram stories. We'll yeah. retweet it. It's fun. It's a short-term I'm just commitment. mixing all sorts of metaphors here with Yeah. With it only lasts 24 media. hours. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it lets your friends know that you listen to a cool John, podcast. if you're listening, now's probably the time to address this, right? <laughs> John Wallum has gotten so many shout-outs on this episode. But listen, you don't have to do a, a total post. Like, those are those last forever. Yeah. We're saying all you got to do is – and I don't know that I've ever seen John Wallum's Instagram story, so maybe it's not a thing that you do, John. But if, if you want to – you just get to your homepage, your feed, and you kind of like swipe the screen to the right, and then you get your story, and just put the screenshot there, put it up to your story, and then it's a 24-hour story instead of forever, just uh, our dumb idiot show. Yeah. So. Getting in the way of pictures of delicious barbecue. And your beautiful child. And your family. Or your the great wee baby Wallum. It's great. 
Great stuff. So yeah, if if you need help with the the Instagram story, we can help. We can help. Let us know. Yeah, we're really good at Instagram. I yep. guess exactly. If you need your lawn mowed, uh, call Max. Oh, okay, great. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. We have Fresh Hop Cinema, and we are out. See you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.